It's the Braggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. This is William Davis. Connacht have been beaten 26 points to 17 here in Kingsham. Yeah, Gloucester again. Less uh, than 10 points. Played six, lost six. Always tight games. But it's tight today. It comes out on the wrong side again, I'm afraid. We're here in association with Murty Rabbits, Bob. Once and twice I will say this during the podcast. Don't forget, Thursday. 12th of December, this Thursday, get to Murty Rabbit, 7 o'clock start, isn't that right with him? For our special live show, so much there, I'll tell you more about it later, it's all in a hospice, well worst. Moving on though, we've got to tell you the story of the game, boy do we have a lot of great voices in the podcast this week, with our bits from the game and our commentary, myself and William and that, Lindley McKenzie is joining us post-game for a good wrap of the game, we're going to hear from Jared Butler, very good interview there, Andy Friend, long interview with him as well, John Muldoon down the road from Bristol to do a bit of work today and he spoke with William Davis, let's get stuck into the story of the game. Quinn Rue is going to be lifted into the air. Not very accurate throw. Easily robbed by Gloucester. Simpson has to go 10 metres back inside, almost into his own half there to get the ball. But they have tidied it up, and that's prob- pr- uh, promising. Val Raspava Ruskin, born in Georgia, but moved to England when he was two. He's been lively in these early stages. In fact, both prop forwards have had a fair few carries. Bal- Balmain as well. Simpson, the signing from Wasps during the summer, he's been key for them this season he gets the ball out to the back line they're just trying to transfer along keep it moving promising lively start from Gloucester in these early stages Connacht are over the top of that ball with Buckley they're being driven off that ball and on we go spreading it left to right Gloucester lovely step inside this could be try time one more step and that will do it they are in underneath the post wonderful start to the game from Gloucester they have looked lively from the early stages and now they have to try to show for it very simple play, kept the ball moving across the line, accurate Marshall. passing, players running onto it. McConnett were just scrambling across, and this time they have sealed the deal. They had a chance about 90 seconds ago to do something similar, but that was much more structured play from Gloucester. Out it comes from Blade. A nice pass off to Fienga from Butler, and Connacht are on the front foot. Carty, Aki comes back inside. Gloucester had read it well, and he's wrapped up well. Aki in the 13 jersey. First time he's worn that for over a season and a bit at the start of a game. With Peter Robb in the inside centre role. Connick just being slowed down at the breakdown there. Gloucester just Carty with the that. offload. Porch is in. This could be a chance. He's under the post and he scored. Connick have hit back in a game that they're playing second fiddle. Carty with the offload. Porch with the angled run. And Connick's uh, new fullback has had a fine start to the game. Well, he's all action start to the game because he's been involved in an awful lot of it. But again, he just popped up there. Connett were just being slowed down. Jack Carty saw him out of the corner of his eye and John Porch skipped through. He just got around a couple of tackles and uh, we're going to be heading to seven each. Out it comes to Blade. Blade is wondering whether to keep going or whether to go towards the the touchline. Now he's tackled. Gloucester over the ball. Ball is there presented. I think Adi Oloken should get this off the pitch. He does that half time. (laughs) And he almost kicks it at the touch touch. In fact, he just did. But uh, he didn't mean to. All is okay. Connick take half time. That is a very positive outcome in this first half, William Davis. Connick leading by 10 points to 7 here in Kingston. Absolutely is. It's been a harem, scareum half. It's taken... 49 minutes to play so there's been a bit of stopping and starting but that bit at the end look they can feel that they're well in this game Gloucester are just making mistake after mistake now yeah, that part- sums it up there it's exactly and that sums up their whole first half now they could still turn it on they've had enough possession they get that possession in the second half and they use it properly they'll be a hell of a threat but Connacht are well in this game and when they're attacking they've 
they've done well they've shown that they can get over the gain line and it's going to be it's going to be really really interesting but they're still well in this game Gloucester with the extra man line out outside the Connick 22 but only 10 metres outside the 22 looking for the bonus point try then in the context of Connick's Champions Cup Copes could be pivotal Connick's still in the competition to get their home wins but it's slipping away from them today and it'll be the manner of a three-point half-time lead and the way it's turned against them that's the issue Simpson with the first carry one more missed tackle and Gloucester sending this one right to the uh, win category they have ended all but ended a five-game losing streak here in the space of a few minutes brilliant try from the open side flanker Poledri he has been outstanding today Gloucester have made so many mistakes in the first half. They've got that right in the second half, and they're by far the better team now, 24-10. In fact, this is rapidly turning into one of Connacht's weaker performances. Really. Jared Butler, the captain, trying to move it. At least Connacht are finishing this game strongly, but Gloucester have made all the changes, and they've got their bonus point. That's all that's going to matter on the scoreboard in the end. This has been probably one of the lower points of the season so far for Connacht today this second half Connacht are almost over the line one more phase they'll do it and they've got the try it's taken a long time it's the last play of the game but they have got a try out of it I wonder was it Rue who got it in the end I think it was Quinn Rue 40 minutes on the clock at the second half 80 minutes in total 26-15 the conversion to come it'll make it look a lot better than it really was well, tempted to say the kick before half time by Jack Carty that didn't go over. Is, there you go. Those are the other three points that it would have got you to the bonus point. That's harsh, but that's the reality of it. Uh, too little, too late. Connacht have had all the possession, all the possession for the last 11, 12 minutes. And I wouldn't say Gloucester gave them that try, but Gloucester had really rather lost interest in defending there. They were just going through the motions. Andy Friend, a lot of disappointment for that second half display, I have no doubt. Yeah, I thought half-time, 10-7, I thought we were, we were looking good. Uh, but we played some good rugby, we played some controlled rugby. message was in the second half, let's go and do similar, and uh, we did anything but that. I have to talk about that early second-half chance. Great turnover in the lineup. brilliant little move from Godwin to kick into the 22, set the tone. The four or five phases after the turnover was poor as Connacht probably had produced all season and it's mm. what led to the interception. What What's going on in the mindset there and, and what frustrates you? I don't know. Yeah, the frustration there is that you know, we've, we've, got, uh, we've got ourselves in great position and um, they're the moments when you know opposition, they know their backs are against the wall and you've got to step up and you've got to be able to execute under that pressure and we didn't did anything but that. I thought we got some slow ball coming out of that ruck which is disappointing to me that was that was deliberate slow ball but anyway we we got to be better than that too and instead of us carrying we're, we're, we're delivering opposition opportunity from you know, 85 metres and they take it and now we're chasing You answered the early try brilliantly Yeah, yeah and again I thought we then came back and we were doing some good things there and um, but yeah, just too well done mate just too many, uh, too many turnovers. Yeah, and looking at those turnovers, despite your excellent breakdown work, you just gave them back possession too easily, didn't you? Yeah, we did. I thought, um, you know, it was it was those turnovers. It was, you know, some kicks out on the full intercept passes, some, you know, some simple simple errors that just let us down. And then uh, on top of that, we then give a yellow card, and 
uh, yeah, and, that, and that's when the game really was lost. It's hard for us to dissect exactly how a player plays, but Jack Hardy threw an interception, a kick directly into touch, then went off. Is he playing below what he can, do you feel, overall at the moment? I, I thought so there were areas of Jack's game in the first half that were very, very good, but um, yeah, he's still trying to find his feet back in here and he's coming back into a position which is different to what he was last year. Last year, he was the man. You know, he, he came in and he owned that 10 jersey and he's been away with his country, representing his country in the World Cup. He's come back and there's a young bloke called Conor Fitzgerald and he's been going very well. Um, and all these little challenges, you know, this is this is this is how young men grow. They grow on how, in how they deal with those things and and how they work through those those uh, situations. Jack just got to continue to remember he's a hell of a footballer, um, and and he, his game is built on basics. And when he gets those right, it's a hell of a game. You felt this game was pivotal, I suppose, from the perspective you could really propel yourselves into contenders. Now, how do you manage this competition? And we all know what's around the corner in Munster. Yeah, it becomes a tricky one. I, you know, again, I was disappointed we didn't get a bonus point there. We needed a bonus point there, um, so we'll have a look at that, and then we'll we've got a six-day turnaround and. Gloucester at home next week. The important thing for us is probably more around a, a really clinical performance we need now. That's two weekends in a row where um, you know it's just too many errors have hurt us and ill disciplines hurt us. So we got to get back to being far more disciplined and, and clinical with what we're doing. Can you tell us how Colby is and did the remainder of that game underline how incredible a, a key factor he is to how Connick play well? Because once he went off, he was a big loss. He was a big loss. You know, we, we played some good football without Colby this year. We lost him in that Scarlets game at the front end. and you know, We had him when he, he came back to loose game and he was very, very good there. Um, you know, you, you don't win the players' play last year. You're not a good footballer, so he's a great footballer. Always better to have Colby on the park. Great to have Jared Butler back in today, though. So, listen, J- Colby's a loss. Yes, he is, but we got other players coming through too. You don't have any update on that injury just yet. It was more around that medial again, but okay. um, I don't think it was as bad as as uh, the first medial that he did. So, we'll, we'll wait and see. After 24 hours, we tend to know a bit more. I'm not asking the comment on the history. Connor has an awful history in England, uh, but you've had two, three now big games, Sale twice and Gloucester, and you mightn't realise this, but the trends are the same. Mm. Just the way we compete with sides over here doesn't seem to be brilliant. What of that game in a wider pro- aspect do you think is, is a learning for Connacht and things that we have to improve on? Oh, yeah, to me, it everything comes down to belief. Um, you, you've got to believe. You come to these places... Don't get intimidated. Believe that you've got the football team to win and believe that you've got the ability to, to not only match match opposition but be better than opposition. And, and I just wonder today, I felt we had that belief in the first half and I actually felt we, we kept trying at the end there but um, just our execution let us down. And opposition, they you know, probably look at Connett and they go, it's Connett. And they start to believe it a bit more. Um, there'll be a time when that'll, ha- that'll stop. You're going to balance things, you're going to look at the Monster game. At the same time, you know, reality is you can still finish second in the group if you do beat Gloucester at home. It'll still be on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's the other big thing. We've, you know, we're still there, there or thereabouts. But we've, uh, we do need a big performance next weekend. You frustrated? Yeah, I am. I'm just uh, because these men work so hard. We make life so hard for ourselves. Like our effort out there is out un- unbelievable. You know, we chase things down. We work really hard, but we just need to be smarter with what we do. Um, so, uh, you know. I, I, that, that leads to frustration from my behalf. I just, I know we're a better football team than we're currently showing. It's, it's how we get that out of them. Jared, it's uh, funny because it's a personal and then there's a collective in this game, but people will be delighted that you're back and you've got a full game out of you. You're yourself personally, that must feel good to start with. Yeah, it's been a really frustrating couple of weeks. Mm. I feel like 
Right on the edge of being available and um, yeah, look, I was really pleased to be able to kind of run around, um, niggle free and, and feel like I can move around. Um, fitness kind of caught up with me a bit there in patches, but um, you know, from a personal note, yeah, I'm really pleased to be back being able to contribute to the group and um, yeah, a disappointing result. Yeah, it's a, it's it's again, it's England. It's not a, a place we do very well in. But at ten seven and a half time, it's got to be a dressing room that has a lot of optimism. Yeah, I think after we came in at half time and we were, we were optimistic. We felt like, you know, we didn't make it easy on ourselves by any means. That had a lot of access into our twenty two, but some of the scramble D from guys that you wouldn't expect to be that. You know, guys like Finley Bealham working so hard and uh, Bundy getting turnovers. You know, we felt like we just needed to really flick that switch and and, and would start putting some pressure on them. And um, you know, credit, credit to Gloucester there in that second half, the way they controlled that territory, the way they plugged us in that, into that that far right corner. Um, it just it made it really hard to build any more any more pressure. Then that intercept comes and it kind of compounds it again. So you know, it was really it was a really frustrating afternoon. It felt like we were there or thereabouts. So then to not even go come away with like a losing bonus point is probably more frustrating again. But um, all we can do now is kind of park that in and get back to the sports ground. Yeah, I guess the frustration will come from in certain aspects. You were brilliant. For example, the breakdown work was as good as anything any team's going to do this weekend away from home. Mm-hmm. And you turned over a lot of ball and you you got a lot of change there. So from that perspective, that's probably why the frustrations are. Some things went well. Some things went very bad. Yeah, and I think that's just kind of that's what's been happening for the you know. It's all about kind of putting all those pieces together, and at the moment we're kind of being good for patches, but it only gets you so far, you know. And uh, especially when you're away from home, and that, that crowd that Gloucester produced today was, you know, it was awesome. The the enthusiasm that they had, and I think they really lifted that Gloucester team in um, in important types of the times of the game. And um, like I said again, there, look, I'm really looking forward to getting back to the sports ground and. And they can uh, they can experience at the support of the sports ground because we've got a great crowd as well, and um, I'm really looking forward to getting back there now. Yeah, that second try, the intercept, it, it was an awful try to concede, but it, it seemed to really rattle you. Do you think it did collectively as a group? Maybe just rattle you more than it should have. No, not rattle. I think it was uh, frustrating because we knew we'd been working so hard, we'd been scrambling so hard, and then to finally get into that 22. Um, and then just completely against the runner play, something like that, an intercept where all of a sudden the, we're sitting there under the sticks. I don't think we're rattled, but um, it was definitely frustrating after we, you know you work so hard. So you know we try to go back to basics again there. But like I said, um, the way they were able to find territory there, you just straight back on the back foot, and that's a, a credit to them. And that's something we'll have to look at there because I think. Um, you know, especially when you know, you're down a man or something like that, you need to be able to still pr- apply pressure. And and for uh, periods of that, we weren't able to do that, and we just made it a little bit too easy for them. The way the groups worked out, okay, you, you've lost a 5-0 here, and that's not a good chance of getting ahead of Gloucester in that sense. But they've lost away to Montpellier, so Connacht still have a really good shot at, at second place in this group if they win at home to Gloucester and to lose, and obviously go to Montpellier then with a chance. That's the aim, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Look. <laughs> You know, I think those away games you're really just looking to get any any points you can muster. If it's if it's a win, fantastic. If it's a losing bonus bonus point, that's really important as well. And um, you know, that was disappointing. We ha- we haven't been able to do that both times, but um, you know, we're still very much invested in this competition, and we worked really hard to get get into this competition. So we're not going to park it now. We'll be looking for you know, we want to put in a good performance at the sports ground, and um, we want to get five points. And before we get into our post game chat. While we, I was downstairs getting those interviews, William Davis was chatting to John Muldoon up here in the stand. John, you're very welcome to the media deck. Your first day doing a bit of summarising here with uh, News Talk. So how did that go for you first? Yeah, not too bad. Um, 
to, uh, talking about rugby is, is uh, well within my comfort zone. So, yeah, look, it's good to get. I was coming to the game and um, go to catch up with some of the boys now after this. But uh, it was uh, a bit disappointing result, I think, in the game for a long time. And ultimately, um, the sim bin probably cost. Uh, cost Connacht massively and um, Danny Cipriani controls the game quite well to, uh, while they were in the sim bin and um, ultimately uh, 14 against 15 it's always going to be difficult Yeah Connacht vulnerable around the edges they were they were hanging on a bit I know they, they were leading at half time but you kind of feel that generally it was, it was a game that turned maybe on that intercept try because that really was a sickener for them Yeah I think you, you look at um, Gloucester's team and uh, they've got a couple of big ball carriers and obviously Jake Pledry scored a, I think the third or uh, the fourth try um, he's a big ball carrier and they have a big ball carrying back row and it just looked like Connacht were tight and worrying about them and um, it gave them a bit of space on the edge and um, we looked a bit vulnerable at times and I suppose you could just feel the inevitable that it was going to break at some stage and um, they got around uh, got around Connacht a couple of times and um, you just could feel that they, they kept chipping away it was eventually going to going to come um, but yeah look uh, Gloucester are a good team and I, I think you, you look at the table and in the Premiership and it's probably not a true reflection of how well and how good of a team they are they've been very unlucky and um Unfortunately, seeing the other side of that today, they, uh, I think they've lost five of their games this season um, within eight points. So, um, unfortunately, not the result that everyone would have wanted travelling over here to King's Home, but um, you can't, can't take away Anthony from Gloucester. They're a good side. You mentioned the Premiership there. You're right in the middle of it. Bristol Bears, as they're called, the Bristol Bears, absolutely flying, getting big crowds, playing some good rugby. You're in the thick of it now. You're not the guy out on the pitch you're the guy sending the guys out onto the pitch so basically how's that all going for you yeah it's been um, been a good transition obviously it's um it's never easy and uh when you're when you're leaving a job from that i suppose you don't know anything else about and um it's been a good transition working with pat and trying to to learn the ropes and like look bristol we're a team on the up well we hope we are anyways um we've uh, we've uh, an owner who's who wants to do well and um, who's very pragmatic about how he wants to achieve that. Um, he he doesn't want to burn money into a deep hole. He wants to um, invest in young players. He wants to invest in facilities and and get the right people in to to help to drive that. And uh, we're very lucky that um, we've got great facilities in Ashton Gate and um, we've got a, a lot of young players who are hungry and are willing to um, to work hard for it. But it takes a t- it takes a while to to get to that point, and um, we're only five games into the season. Yes, we're we're near the top of the table, but we've a long a long season and a long way to go yet before um, before the end of the year. So we we won't get carried away just yet, thinking that we're um, that we've achieved so much. Um, but uh, look, it's nice to be up there, nice to be um, to be thought about in a, in the way we are at the moment. But we're a long way from a championship side, and we've a lot of rugby to play yet. How different is it? You're talking about an owner there to start with who's putting in money, so that's completely alien to the setup, obviously, that we have in Ireland with the IRFU and put in the money and it's completely centrally controlled. But just the Premiership, you were there for, the, for all of last season. How different is the way it operates and is there a different mentality around it compared to what you've played in before? Yeah, there is a different mentality. Um, we played uh, Zebra two or three weeks ago and um, just analysing the games and watching games beforehand and you see Zebra um, 
who who are all very familiar with um, they they go 10 12 points behind in a game and then suddenly start throwing the ball around and they try and get um, they go for those all or nothing plays to try and uh, get a score to to get back in the game that's different over here that doesn't happen um, teams don't change their style of play because they're two three scores behind they work on building a score because all points are valuable all points are are, are sacred and, and when you've got relegation and, and if you go down it, it puts a lot of strain on a club and it puts a lot of financial difficulty to a club as well because uh, at the end of the day supporters don't show up and you, you miss out on TV money and everything like that so it, it, it is different over here um, it's probably not as loose as the Pro 14 but also they, I suppose the ability to to change teams and to to rest players isn't as much as it is in the in the Pro 14. There's there's absolutely no way you you turn around and you 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 rest half your team um, for a derby game next week, um, which probably Leinster and Munster will do um, because some of the Irish lads will need a break. But you don't do that in the Premiership because um, you lose a game that could cause you top six, that could cause you life in the Premiership, that could cause you. Um, um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of money, so it's uh, it is very difficult um, uh, situation to to change that mindset from where we've come from from the Pro 14. But um, it, it's enjoyable. Um, it, it's it's uh, a, it's a really tough league to to get into. Um, it's not always the most attractive. Some teams uh, don't like to play the the best brand of rugby, but I think uh, we're probably on the opposite scale of that. We we like to chuck the ball around. We like to play, and um, we didn't have a great performance yesterday, but uh, we got there in the end. Are you enjoying it? I have to say, I am. Yeah, it's um, it's very different from Galway. It's very different from Connacht. Um, the, the amount of people we know and our our base is quite small, but um, it, it, I have to say we we've enjoyed it. Um, I'm over here with my family of a young child and um, we're, we're loving it here. The, the people are very friendly and um, Bristol, in a lot of ways, is, is very similar to Galway, a very young cosmopolitan um, uh, diaspora that live here and they, they, um, there's a lot of college students here. There's a lot of, um, I suppose, alternative people that are similar to Galway and it, it, it's actually quite a nice fit and it, a lot of it, it, it feels, while it's, it's never going to be Galway, it feels a lot like Galway and... Um, yeah, we, we have to say we, we do enjoy it here and uh, it was nice to see some friendly faces uh, in the crowd yesterday for our game. Yeah, you're, you're talking about uh, just how, it's, how it sort of sets up, but Bristol, Bristol have been under the radar for a while. I mean, it's been a, they were a serious rugby team, 60s, 70s, maybe the early 80s. So there's a, there is a real push there for them. To, and, you know, the, the money's come through, so that must increase the pressure on the coaches and stuff as well, you know? I think there's a couple of things. You can have money and you can spend money whichever way you want. And um, th- there's been the the owner, Steve Lanzone, has been in Con- or in Connacht in um, in Bristol for a few years now. And uh, he's um, he, there's been there's been different coaches there, and they've they've thrown they've thrown money at it, and they've, it hasn't worked for them. Um, Pat's come in with a different. Uh, a different perspective and um, ultimately we are on a salary cap and we've been well below that salary cap for a good few years now obviously we've signed Semi Rodrader who is a, a phenomenal and probably arguably the, the world's best player at the moment um, but that's going forward for next season but we've put in place um, a good squad a good uh, culture around the place but um, 
that has to start first then you can spend the money to get in the right players a lot like bringing in Bundy a few years ago um, you've got to get the right players one player isn't going to win you a game you've got to have a squad and you've got to build a squad around that but um, look Pat's done a good job uh, Bristol are are trying to get back to where they were a few years ago it's funny um, I'm still learning all the time as a coach but you're you're sitting there and you're, you're looking at opposition players and you go oh that that fellow's from Bristol he used to be in our academy here um, unfortunately with everything and like it's it is what it is with with uh, relegation but um, there's a lot of really good players that are all over the premiership that are from Bristol who were born and bred came through the academy and have moved on because of the cutthroat nature of relegation and um, we've got to try and make sure a bit like Connacht are doing is trying to get as many um, homegrown players playing for Bristol so that we can build that culture and that um, sense of home um, in Bristol and try and get back to where they were years ago but we've started to do that we've a lot of exceptionally good young kids coming through and we've got a few names I think that could be um, very special in years to come um, who are coming through our academy at the moment but they've got a lot of work to do to get there and it's like no other team um, talent gets you a long way but the ability and the mindset has to be there as well John, great to talk to you. Great to see you here today and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. It's, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, thank you very much. Great to hear John Muldoon's voice. William, I want to just remind our listeners before we get to the post-game section of the podcast, big event, Mergy Rabbits, our sponsors, next Thursday. Get there. Yeah, 7 o'clock. It's live on Facebook, but uh, we'd prefer if you came down, paid a tenner, all of the money goes to the hospice. If you attend on the night... Some nice prizes available around the Gloucester game. Uh, we've got uh, tickets, we've got a hospitality package, we've got a signed ball, signed jersey, and it's an opportunity to help out a great charity. It's also a very interesting chat around Connacht Rugby, and uh, we hope to see you there. OK, we're at the back of the stand here in King's Home. I have a number of people around, William Davis and Lindy McKenzie. First of all, we'll start with you, Lindy. You joined us on our pre-game show. Overall, disappointment. Yeah, it was a, a, a solid enough first half. Connacht was still well in the game at that stage. But at the second half, just the errors just kept mounting and the pressure, you know, took hold and they just conceded too many tries. Yeah. William, we were fairly optimistic at halftime. I think overall we felt that Gloucester were still favourites, even though they were three points down. They were still the better side, making too many mistakes. Overall, Connacht needed an improvement in the second half and never came. Gloucester got better, Connacht dropped off a bit, and that really was the, was the difference. And Gloucester played for 20, 25 minutes in that second half, got their bonus point try, got their, got their win, got their bonus point try, closed the game out. We, Connacht didn't ask them enough questions, probably didn't ask them enough questions in the first half, certainly didn't ask them enough questions in the second half. And even that last 10 minutes when they were parked inside the Gloucester 22, they didn't really a long time to score yeah they didn't really put enough pressure on and the two things they talked about during the week were were, were accuracy and then turning uh, possession into points well they they, they failed really on both both counts they just weren't accurate enough and Gloucester were on the other hand were very inaccurate in the first half and Connacht didn't get enough out of the game when that was occurring 
you said a couple of things to me in the commentary which I felt were interesting around, you know, in a couple of areas, Connacht were actually very, very good throughout the game almost. Defensive lineouts and breakdown turnovers. It was funny because you nearly come out with close to 100% marks in those areas, whereas you'd be strike, struggling to pass in a number of other areas in terms of your percentage. Yeah, defensive lineouts, they had a couple of very new short lineouts, different little plays to the front, which took the pressure off long throws and difficult full lineouts five metres from your own line. They did that very well and they turned over a lot of ball, they, they stole a lot of ball, they got a lot of penalties at the breakdown. They really put Gloucester under pressure there and they didn't, they didn't react very well. They knew coming in that uh, Gozair is very hot on that as a referee. He wants the breakdown area to move incredibly quickly and they got that but it was the possession off that, the second, third, fourth phase possession off that just got slow. And early in the second half, we got the intercept try, which came from an attacking situation for Connacht that got slower and slower and more ponderous. And Cipriani was ready to pounce. And from then on, you felt Gloucester just had control of the game. Lenny, I put it to Jared Butler afterwards that Connacht were rattled by that. He didn't agree, but... Ah, this was in the context of what has been a relatively positive season overall. That second half display was probably as poor as Connacht have produced all season. Yeah, look, I think there's quite a few factors at play here. You know, Connacht are have a few injuries, that's for sure. You're looking at that Gloucester team that has a World Cup winner in it. You're looking at a Gloucester team whose front front five are, are very physical and very strong, and. I think while Connacht were able to compete with that in the first half, I think that pressure eventually took its toll on those bodies. And let's face it, there's not a lot coming off the bench at the moment, given the amount of injuries. So I'm not overly harsh on them for that. I'm, I suppose I'm more critical on their on their lack of sort of clinical ex- execution. There were too many mistakes made, but maybe that was mistakes made under pressure as well. I just wonder, in terms of the first half, that the porch try was so well taken, but it was one of the few attacking plus points in the afternoon. There wasn't a lot from Connacht in an attacking context. No, but you've also got to look at the fact that their defence was pretty well tuned as well. You know, there were, there were opportunities, but as I say, I think that there just wasn't the clinical finishing that and that and the, and the potency in attack that Connacht seem to have had in the past. I'm not really sure of the reason. As I say, maybe you know, there's a, there were a few changes out there. You know, maybe there were a few tired bodies from you know other exertions or whatever. I'm not really sure of the reason, but it just didn't seem to click in the second half for them. And they couldn't actually get their hands on the ball. Let's face it, they were sort of stuck down in in, in their own 22 for bloody. But I think about good 20 minutes of that opening half you know and that that is tiring work that really takes a lot out when you're defending 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 all the time William the context of the group context of what we're trying to achieve in this competition it's going to take a few years before Connacht are really able to let's put it this way be a front runner going into the last couple of rounds they're still in contention to sneak into a quarter final if they win their last three games and that's great but you're talking about a group where the lowest seed outside of Connacht are the multi-millionaire backed Montpellier. You've got Gloucester up here as, because they finished third in the Premiership last year. Obviously, you got the French champions to lose. It ain't easy going, and these two away games have kind of shown that, haven't they? Yeah, it, it, it is, but this was a far worse performance than Toulouse, in my view. I thought they were way better in Toulouse than they were today. My question is, they 
Gloucester's defence was very good because Connacht just didn't ask them any questions. It's just blunt. All the Gloucester had to do was make a tackle, make a tackle, squeeze them up, stop it, and the game, Connacht just ran out of ideas. They didn't bring enough to their game plan to actually stretch. That wasn't a good performance by Gloucester. They're still not the side that came third last year. And when you have chances, you have to convert them. And they didn't, and that's, that's the frustration. Uh, because I think there was something there for them today. Maybe not a win, but certainly a bonus point. But I, I agree, it's, it's a big step up in class and it's a real learning curve. We'll know an awful lot more next Saturday because I think you're going to see two sides that might make some changes. Uh, I'm not sure where Gloucester's head is about Europe, but they had to win today. This is the side that lost five games in a row with serious pressure on them in a premiership where, as John Muldoon, who we spoke to earlier, said if you lose one game, he said, your, your whole situation changes overnight. He said, you go from being in the top six to being in relegation land. And he said, the pressure, you know, he said, Gloucester were under a lot of pressure today and they came through. And it's a tough one and it's a tough one to take. And it's another game against Gloucester that's just got away. I mean, it's played six, lost six, and now today lost by nine points, which I think is the, is the biggest margin of defeat. So that, that will irk them a bit, but look, they've got a chance next Saturday to go out and uh, prove what they can do, play a bit better, get their accuracy up and yeah, they, I think they can take Gloucester on next Saturday and beat them. I just wanted to underline to our listeners that because Montpellier, lost, or because Montpellier beat Gloucester in Montpellier, there's still a kind of a a series of events where Connacht get any sort of win against Gloucester next week. Obviously, they'll need to beat Toulouse. They can go to France with a chance. They'd nearly take that uh, of finishing second and still in contention. It's a long shot now, though. And they're going to have to mix and match because there's a lot of big games coming over Christmas, including a huge one in their conference in the Pro 14 against Munster in two weeks' time. Well, uh, the question was actually asked of Andy Friend, that very thing, and he said he would... I think the answer was... They want they go out to win every match. That's the, always the generic answer. But I think they will look at who they have available to them, I think, next week. They have Owen McEwen, I know, coming back um, probably. Yeah, he was on the tour today as a backup. Yeah, yeah he, ready to go. I think they'll probably assess who they have fit and who they don't, and they'll look at the numbers going forward into the matches to follow. But I'd say they're, they're looking at a... There'll be a number of changes, I would imagine. And I'd say Andy Friend is looking at a home performance and the home crowd and the clan stand, you know, getting behind Connacht like the Shed did, you know, today. And, you know, I think there's every opportunity that the attitude will be without compromising players' fitness that they will go out to, to and certainly improve on that performance. No Kieran Marmion, no Gavin Tornbury, no Paddy McAllister, no four uh, fullbacks missing, including Matt Healy, Tiernan O'Halloran, that would have added a certain amount. Got to keep that in mind, don't, don't we, William? Oh, you do. There's, you, you have to. And you've also got to say, I'm misfiring Jack Carty today. I ain't get injured early. Yeah, so th- these things mount up. But to be fair to Connick, they don't look for excuses either. You know, they, they feel you just have to deal with this. But it is a bit tough. I thought John Porch did very well at fullback. The first play of the game, you thought, where are you, John? Get moving. He got there. After that, he was pretty competent. And I'll tell you, he has a set of wheels on him. When he gets moving, if you can get the ball to him, you can terrify any defence because he seems to just eat up the ground. 
they've got to get those players back. We know they're coming back, but we know they're not probably all going to be back for these Inter-Pro games. They're going to drift back. And it's hard to bring a player back that's been on a long injury time like that. So there's a lot of challenges there. And they have now got two huge home games. Gloucester next uh, Saturday and then Munster the following Saturday. That's where the real focus is before you start thinking about the other Inter-Pros and then going back into Europe. You need the Panadol when you start getting into that. All right, that's it from us here at King's Home. Cut it loose Break out Or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait A 